0: Hi, everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, and you're listening to a DevOps Chat. Today's DevOps Chat uh, features a company called SpecOps, and we're do- joined by Darren James of SpecOps. Darren, welcome. Thanks very much, Alan. Good to hey, see you. Thanks for joining us. So, Darren, I, I don't think we've done any SpecOps uh, podcast before, and and so I-, I'm the- I don't know how much our audience is familiar with SpecOps, why don't we start with maybe just a quick kind of who back is, what you guys do where you play
1: sure absolutely so we uh we're a, a, a company software company that's uh based in stockholm in sweden uh we've got offices all around the uh all around the world uh we've been running since 2001 and we specialize in authentication and password management tools particularly based around um uh, Active Directory, and Azure AD.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Um, so it's an area I know a little bit about. Um, in, you know, as, as we, one of the things was, you know, AD, not not to get us too far off track, but, you know, Darren, AD was one of the unspoken, you know, monopolies of Microsoft, if you will. It really absolutely the standard that we all uh, use for for identity access management and one of the things we're seeing is with the proliferation of cloud and cloud-based apps and SaaS and remote working and pe- more people using Macs and stuff like that is ad having to respond And almost like it's almost like people maybe have gone back a little bit to the ldap days you know from which ad comes. I'm, I'm curious, are you guys seeing that or is it still AD 85% of the market, 90% of the market? I
1: think, yeah, what you've just said there, the latter. Um, I think unless you're a brand new startup who's sort of born on cloud apps, uh, it's very unlikely that you've not got an active directory that's in your organizations that, that's really managing your users and groups and policies. And sure, you're absolutely right. The advent in the last few years of bring your own device type technologies, that's probably lessened a lot of the reliance on Active Directory when it comes to managing workstations, but still your user management, their basic password, seems that a lot of the time it seems that Active Directory is still the source of truth when it comes to that account management side of things. Whether you're syncing syncing passwords up to Azure AD or Office 365 or some other sort of meta-directory, it always seems to be easier to manage at the moment or it still seems to be easier to manage for a lot of organizations uh within with that on-prem active directory but uh, but yeah who knows what happens in the future i'm sure microsoft themselves want everybody to move to azure ad at some point in the future but i'd say 99.9 percent of the customers that we speak to uh, all have uh, a, a reliance on their uh, on-prem ad
0: interesting um you know, and, and for Microsoft uh, Office 365 is going to Microsoft 365, which I guess is, I don't know if it's just wording or, or something else behind that. Um, you know, we have another section within DevOps.com called IT is Code. And it's really aimed at the i t. of i t. generalists, the people who were responsible for those a d. servers and are responsible for those a d servers and not just the servers but you know the interaction that employees and users have with it, as well as you know for so long the exchange server was the was the go to for email and it still is for many, many organizations, but we're seeing that also migrate up into Azure and as part of this. The SaaS world, but you know, Darren, we find ourselves in in interesting times around this COVID nineteen situation. Uh, I'm, sh- I, you know, no matter where we are in the world, Asia, Europe, uh, North America, South America, Africa, Middle East, Australia, many many of our listeners are listening to this while working from home, and and this has especially for organizations that did have sort of on-prem AD, you know, maybe had it moved to the cloud or weren't, you know, didn't really have a remote worker workforce in mind, right? It's put, it's put a little bit of a, it's thrown a curve into or a fly into the soup here, into the ointment. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Uh, what, do you, what are you guys seeing and how are you responding?
1: Well, I think the the one of the biggest problems that a lot of organisations said is that they really haven't got any sort of plan for managing their users off site for uh, an extended period of, period of time that we're seeing at the moment. So you have all of those issues that you had with the um, with your kind of road warrior workers, where maybe their password would expire, you know, while they're out on the road, they didn't get any notifications about that password expiring, and uh, and of course. Uh, It then becomes very hard for them to change their password because they might not be able to get a VPN connection in because their password's expired or they're logging on with a cash credential and that's causing account lockouts and all sorts of other things. So having to manage that kind of situation on a much larger base now. Uh, can be a real challenge for a lot of, a lot of the uh, customers that we see another issue as well is that you've also also had a, a lot of people with uh, you know password one with a capital p as their password uh, yeah. since the year dot and now they're having to uh, log in from their home computer or from a, from a remote computer um that uh, that doesn't really have all the protections that you might normally see inside an internal network so you might be entering that password into uh, you know your your personal computer which may have a keylogger or some other nasty piece of malware on there so again uh, you've got those challenges of lots and lots of weak passwords uh, out there that um, ideally should be changed and again form targets for hacking and uh, and various attacks uh, from uh, from Nefarious uh, sources out on the internet, so it's those sorts of weaknesses um, that uh, that we're seeing uh, come to the fore at the moment, and especially a lot of phishing attacks based on COVID nineteen. People saying, you know, click here, uh, getting an email saying, click here to receive your free um, coronavirus testing kit and uh, enter your username and password. We've seen a few of our, our customers mention that. So, you know, us at Spec Ops, uh, we we want to try and help our customers or even our prospects or the general IT community through that uh, kind of, uh, or through this difficult time at the moment. So we've released a couple of tools um, uh, over the last week or so that should uh, help people in that respect.
0: Yeah. You know, Darren, it goes back to something I said before, which is, this is exactly why we can't have nice things, right? Uh, Yeah. The internet could be such a help here in, during these these surreal times, and there's so much that we can do, and we we're kind of stymied because uh, you know because bad people do bad things, and and you know the same way we're having a pandemic of of COVID 19, we're having a pandemic of COVID COVID 19 cyber. Yes. Uh, yes. You know, fishing is one aspect of it, I I think you mentioned, right? And um, to a lot of our audience, because at these times where it's not just our usual core audience who's listening to this, Darren, who know very well what fishing is and, you know, things. But we might have some people maybe aren't familiar with fishing, especially from the aspect of working from home on a different, you know, device or what have you. What What is some of the kind of COVID-19 phishing scams that you've seen? Well, typically, as
1: I say, the one I just mentioned. So you're, you're being uh, sent a, a, an email from a, what looks like an official source um, because it's very easy to scam an email uh, right. or send a scam email out from, from any, uh, any email address you like. Uh, and then it may have a link inside it. And that link, uh, again, may look official. Um, But, of course, if you hover over that link and you looked at the URL a little bit closer, you might see that it goes off to some uh, less than uh, respectable uh, website. And and when you click on that link, that may well look like an Office 365 login or it might look like a, a government website or whatever it may be. Um, but at that point, it may ask you to create an account or enter your login details if it's, let's say, it's pretending to be Office 365. Um, and you'll type your credentials in there. And, of course, you're not actually logging into Office 365 with those credentials. You're uh, you're giving those credentials to that uh, that nefarious uh, I mean, uh, character.
0: Yeah. I mean, Darren, you asked, I just wanted to just quickly add yeah. to that. You know, in the U.S., they, we passed this bill where shortly, hopefully, a lot of people will be receiving checks from the U.S. government, $400 yep. or so. Um, and already we're seeing phone scams, too. Yeah. Uh, purporting to be the IRS saying, hey, we want to we direct deposit your money. Can you give us your bank info?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, we've seen that as well with um, with our service desks, you know, because mm-hmm. typically uh, working in an organization, you contact the service desk from an internal number. Now your service desks are having to field calls from external numbers. And so someone pretending to be Darren calling up the yeah. spec ops uh, service desk. How does that service desk actually know that it's Darren at the other end of the phone? So you have all of these very unusual circumstances, and, and particularly that scenario, it's quite easy to um, to to you know to lure that uh, service desk agent into resetting a password sure. or, or giving over information that they shouldn't necessarily give information over to. So you're absolutely right. All of those things are now at the forefront. Of, uh, Again, of an attack on organization. Ransomware. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, clicking on links and downloading some
0: nasty uh, piece ah. of software. Again, it's why we can't have nice things. Yep. <laughs> I, 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 you know, it amazes me. I mean, I, I, I was somewhat heartened, Darren, when I, when this first started breaking out. We saw some, you know, criminal. Cyber gang saying they were going to stay away from healthcare and hospitals, and that's all dandy, fine and dandy. But it's has- very nice of them. Yeah, very <laughs> exactly. The life you save may be your mom's, but um, but you know, in spite of that, it's just awful that with everything else and all the anxiety and stress that this whole situation brings, we got to worry about people trying to fish us and not just yeah. individuals but as you said even the service desk folks, yeah. who are under pressure to keep the wheels
1: on exactly and it, that's the the biggest problem isn't it that everybody's now under pressure to try and generate or keep our, our businesses running as as smoothly as they possibly can so everybody's fighting for every last last scrap so um, you know having to put in a delay to try and authenticate somebody or at the other end of the phone um, it's very easy to put pressure on that on that service desk agent so yeah we yeah, it's, yeah. it's mm-hmm. uh it's important but you know it's still very important to maintain that security because i don't know what it's like in in america well i've in fact i've got a, a pretty good idea but of course if if you do start giving away sensitive information then your company is uh is criminally responsible for that so um as well as, uh, you know, financially responsible. So The uh,
0: world is too interconnected to have borders around cyber. Uh, uh, Privacy and things, yeah. You know, GDPR, so, it, we all have customers and connections in Europe. Then exactly. Of course, California has a lawyer. We, we've done more of a piecemeal thing. Um, but, you know, you're right. I, I also wanted to just highlight, though, that Spec Ops can help you in in this crazy time that we find ourselves in. Not only if you're a Spec Ops commercial customer, but you have some freeware and some stuff you're making available to people.
1: Absolutely. So, you know, one of the problems that we mentioned earlier, or I mentioned earlier about having weak passwords and account lockouts, we, we actually have a tool called SpecOps Password Auditor. Um, you you can download, uh, for free from our website and up until a week ago, um, it would tell you how many users have got compromised passwords in your network. So you could see how big the problem was, but it didn't really give you, allow you to do anything about it. A week ago, what we decided to do though is completely change that, that, um, Process. So now you can download the full version of Specot's Password Auditor, and it will give you the names of every single user in your date in your Active Directory that is running a compromised password based on a 718 million word database that you can download for free from us. So I don't know if you've have you ever seen how I've imponed the the website. I'm sure you have. Sure. Yeah. So Troy's database with 555 million passwords in it. We've used effectively all the same sources as that, but Troy's just the one guy. He's done a fantastic job. We have a team of DevOps guys that are building up this database all the time. So uh, we've just got, uh, well, nearly 200,000 more hashes in our database at the moment. So if you are worried about things like that, you're worried about your users typing in um they're very weak passwords into lots of uh, you know externally facing portals these days you can now identify those users get in touch with those users and encourage them to change their password to something a bit better and then run a report again you know you can run it as many times as you want until you weed out all of those things um,
0: where do people get that darren
1: uh, it's on our website. You just head over to SpecOpsoff.com, look for SpecOps Password Auditor. You do need to sign up, uh, you know, marketing. Uh, that's what they like to do these days. But it yeah. is completely free and, yeah, there's no sort of adware. It can be run offline if people are worried about, uh, you know, that running this tool. Uh, you can download the database, run it offline. It doesn't need to be on an on a internet-connected computer. So... And and it doesn't crack anybody's password. It just compares the hashes. So it, it runs within seconds, even on a huge environment. So it's not their sort of. It's not like a, a loft crack or John the Ripper or any of those sorts of tools. It's just comparing hashes.
0: One of the things I and there's got to be a pony in here. There's a, there's a solution waiting to be found. Is, you know, so someone. I mean, the average person today has, I I forgot, I had read something maybe a year or two ago. The average person today probably has about 80 different plus sites that he has or he or she has passwords for. Sure, yeah. And in some cases, I know in my case, it's closer to 150. And I I try to keep a a different password for each one, though there's a lot of variation, right? Um, Yep. And, and so when you go run against a, a password auditor like that and it says, okay, you know, these 50 passwords need to be changed or these twenty even 25 passwords need to be changed. It's somewhat daunting to go to 25 different sites at once and and change those passwords. I wish there was some automated way of taking that to the next stop saying, these are the sites where your passwords are compromised or may be compromised and click here You know, give me 25 different passwords and, you know, maybe that's a password manager function. Yeah, I
1: mean, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I mean, Password Auditor will only look at your Active Directory passwords. So it'll look at, it'll look at all of your users and it'll tell you which, yeah, which AD passwords are compromised and, and. Uh, give yeah. you the names of the users of using those but you're absolutely right when you're when you're trying to manage all of these identities uh, and all of those uh, passwords associated with those identities having to update passwords across 25 30 100 different sites is crazy but again what i always try and encourage people, if someone asks me you know what what sort of what should i do with a password how should i what sort of password should i type in I always try to encourage people to use passphrases rather than passwords and then they go oh but i don't stand a chance of typing in a 20 character passphrase you know what how do i get around that And again, my advice would be, and it's the same advice that the British government, the NCSC has been giving out, is try and think of three random words that mean something to you, but nothing to anybody else. So it might be the first car you ever bought, the first school you went to, your mother's maiden name. Those three words are very easy for you to remember and very easy for you to type. Um, So it doesn't need to be complex. You could add some numbers or digits or dashes or, you know, special characters in there somewhere if you wanted to, but it's not that important. As long as those three words are together, that's fine. And then every now and again, particularly for the different sites, I like to chuck in maybe something to do with that site uh, as my fourth word. And that way I've got a very long password that's very easy for me to remember on a per-site basis. Uh, But that's my, that's just the way I like to do it. And sure, you know, I chuck a few uh, extra characters in there as well. But, um, but it's, uh, that's, I think, quite a nice way of getting over getting across the passphrase, you shouldn't use things like, you know, uh, the first line of a song or the title of a movie or a famous quote or phrase. It's a bit of a misnomer passphrase. But just having those three random words, I think is a, a great way of dealing with that problem. Certainly for
0: me anyway. Absolutely, hey man, that's great advice. Great, great, great advice right there, Darren. When we started, I said, you know, the 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 uh, double-edged sword here is that we keep these to about 15 minutes. We're probably closer oh. to 20. Um, and I know you have to get off, so we're gonna we're gonna call a uh, a break right here. But I, I, you know what? Uh, for those listening, we've been doing our uh, Tech Strong TV every day and I've invited Darren on maybe next week to record a video uh, segment for that with us. So, Darren, we'd love to have you on here again, or not on DevOps Chat, but on TechStrong TV. Perfect. I'll uh, I'll put my makeup on for that day. Yeah, we'll, we'll call makeup <laughs> in. Yeah, I've got a face for radio. But um, <laughs> anyway, I want to thank you for joining us on this episode of DevOps Chat. Thanks, SpecOps, for making this, uh, Pat, the, the full version of Spec a password auditor available for free to people during this, this crazy time. And and best of luck and stay healthy. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Alan. Good to talk to you. All right. Darren James for SpecOps here on DevOps Chat. This is Alan Schimmel and you've just listened to another DevOps chat. Stay well and healthy everyone.